0: Hey everyone, Becky from the Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. How to improve overhead shoulder flexibility. This is one of our most requested topics from our audience. Issues with overhead shoulder flexibility can limit gymnasts from making progress or doing skills that they want to do. In this mini podcast episode, Dave breaks down exactly how to screen for issues and also explains the best exercises and soft tissue practices to help improve overhead shoulder flexibility. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. My name is Dave Tilley. And today we're going to be covering one of the most requested topics from our audience, which is how to improve overhead shoulder flexibility or shoulder mobility. So most important thing that I kind of deal with is uh, as a medical provider, as a strength conditioning coach, as a gymnastics coach, as someone who works with a lot of athletes or recreational fitness people just trying to get the most out of their body and be healthy is a lot of times issues with overhead shoulder flexibility will limit them from being able to do skills they want to do or make progress or all sorts of other things. So we're going to take a deep dive today into these kind of things right now. First thing we have to make sure we think about when we are doing some sort of overhead flexibility or shoulder mobility assessment is we can't just dive right into exercises. I think a lot of times I work with patients who unfortunately just, you know, Google or YouTube or try to self search, which is great, but they don't really have any guidance about if they even need those exercises in the first place. And they waste a lot of their time and their effort and their money on unfortunately, some things that might not be the best. So what we always like to do is do a screening first to make sure that one, you are either needing these shoulder mobility exercises or two, that the issue is something we deal with uh, in a specific program and three is that you are actually making progress right it's very easy to just kind of spin your tires in the mud over and over doing exercises but not have a barrier of progress to mark against so the one that we like to do is going to be the wall screen right so the way we do this here and we'll link up some videos as well as some other uh, exercise stuff for you guys to follow is essentially just sitting down putting your back and butt flat against the wall trying to make sure your head is touching the wall and we use a stick with our palms backwards to raise overhead and see if that stick can touch the wall and you can either take a picture from the side or have somebody video you or set your camera up and look at and see how far you are away from the wall right and now the next natural question is well why do you sit why do you flip your palms backwards and that's for number two so the reason that we like to do that screen specifically in that way is we're trying to look at the different soft tissue flexibility of of areas that might limit overhead flexibility right so when you sit down and you kind of round your back against the wall you can't really cheat and arch your back If your head is touching the wall, you can't let your head come forward or you can't move your head to get your your arms overhead out of the way. But number three is that when we put our palms backwards, a lot of the muscles that we're looking at to try to get more flexible, the soft tissue, are going to be ones that are internal rotators, and they pull the arms down or they adduct the arms, right? So the opposite motion of that would be palms up into external rotation and elevating our arms up. So we're trying to be really strict here and make sure that we're giving a specific screen that's going to help us mark the progress that we're trying to get at. The way we like to do this right now is doing some soft tissue work on specific areas after that screen. So the ones that I commonly find when I work with patients for either, you know, injuries or pain or performance issues, or they're trying to just get sports performance, uh, or getting the gym and lift heavier, Uh, the things that we commonly see limit them are going to be the lat, the latissimus dorsi, which is a large muscle that starts from your back goes up attaches to your armpit, the teres major, which is on the shoulder blade area also attaches under the armpit and then the pecs, the pec major and the pec minor. So chest muscles, one of which is kind of across the front attaches to the arm, right and the second one is uh, attaching to your shoulder blade. So you'll notice that three of those major muscles, the lat, the teres major, the pec all insert on the underside of the arm and may influence overhead mobility. So what I a lot is someone who doesn't have specific soft tissue care or a maintenance routine for these things. They don't do some specific stretching. And over time, they get stiff because these muscles again, are power generators for most sports. For most people, they are really pulling down hard for baseball or throwing or gymnastics or Olympic weightlifting, right, pulling the bar close to you. A lot of times these muscles get really overworked, and it's easy to let them get stiff. So what you see when somebody has that uh, that issue is they try to raise their arms up, they might arch their back, they might put their head forward, they might make their arms go wide. They might have a really weird looking uh, S shape when they try to lift weights or when they do handstands or things of that nature. But if these muscles are stiff, they're going to be a problem and show up. So what we like to do is screen these things first, right? A medical provider can screen these or also that back to wall shoulder uh, assessment is a really good place to start. But we do some specific soft tissue care for these areas, right? So foam rolling is pretty easy to do. I think the research shows us that it's not going to be something that's going to permanently change the length of those muscles. It's probably just going to relax them, right? Or, Or a nerdy term is called neuromodulate the tone, right? just relax those areas. Also, some research shows that there is a transient increase in blood flow, some water content, some hydration of the muscle, but it's it's short lived, it's not going to be a permanent solution. So if you're foam rolling for, you know, eight hours before your workout, you might want to cut that down. I usually just give people 30 to 60 seconds on a foam roller real quick based on that screen, maybe a lacrosse ball in the back of the wall to get Terry's major, we can link up some videos for that as well. But 30 to 60 seconds, right, every single day. So 30 to 60 seconds of some very specific soft tissue work, whether that's maybe some hands, on work from a, a healthcare provider some people like dry needling some people like massage you know everything works cupping um, we do kind of all that but also just self foam rolling on the cross ball work is very easy again about a minute each side no craziness don't, doesn't have to be super painful to work uh, research shows that the intensity is not as important as the consistency so just make sure it's a moderate uh, a moderate amount of discomfort don't kill yourself too much moving on from that along the road of soft tissue work is going to be specific stretching based on the anatomy so we've kind of been talking about how important it is to screen these things If we don't do specific stretching for the lat or for the teres or for the pecs, we might be putting more stress on the joint, on the capsular tissue. It's very easy to not do some correct stretching and put more stress on your shoulder and the ligaments than the actual uh, soft tissue we're trying to stretch. So we don't really wanna mess around with the bone structure or ligaments or joint capsules. We kinda wanna put more pressure, more focus on the muscles themselves, which we do know can change over time with consistent daily mobility work. What I like to do for these people is to give them specific stretching, right? Again, think about the lats, the teres major. We talked about how they kind of pull down and turn in. We wanna do the opposite, which is kind of turn out and go elevation. So I like to have people hold a stick. So a stick rock back stretch is really good. So a stick stretch is really great. It's pretty basic. You grab a a, a PVC or a stick with your palms wide, your elbows come close. We're gonna round that upper back into that thoracic motion here. Put the elbows on a bench and just rock back. And when you do that, and without arching your back, you should feel pretty good stretch under here in those little lat and the teres major. And stuff like that, so I really like that one for the PVC stick stretch. Just 30 to 60 seconds. Take some deep breaths. Should feel under here, not on top of the shoulder. If you feel it on top of the shoulder, don't push that. You might not need as much mobility work. You might need some technical correction, or you might need to link up with a medical provider to get detailed instruction on how to do that. Right, but also you might have some more strength deficits. We're going to keep talking about here. So stick stretch is really good for the underarm, but also really like a tabletop stretch, right, or some sort of just 90-90 pec stretch, right. So 90-90 is quite good. With that, just kind. Kind of laying on your stomach, arm up to here, turning away while you squeeze the core. Should feel a pretty good stretch right here. Also, hands behind the back, just tucking the shoulder blades back in the pocket can open up some of the front of the pec space as well. For people that are maybe doing more extreme ranges of motion, I like a tabletop stretch. So hands behind you, try to lift your hips up and you should feel some separation here. You should get some good stretching right back there. Just be careful again, don't want any shoulder pain in the front. But a lot of different specific stretches we have on the channel or we can link up for you guys to do. Again, just 30 to 60 seconds, nothing too crazy. Uh, But consistency is way more important than intensity with these kind of things. So keep that in mind. Biggest one I think people miss is going to be right here, which is going to be some eccentrics, right? So eccentric contractions are when you are elongating a muscle while it is contracting. And the reason we really like eccentrics is because while stretching and some foam rolling and some soft tissue work or stuff of that nature, maybe increases range of motion over time, some studies show that they don't change the length of the muscle, right, they're probably relaxing the muscle, and they're changing what's called the uh, the stretch reflex, right? Or they're also changing some of the discomfort associated with that you kind of get used to doing that stretch over and over and your body chills out the geeky word for that is called a no nociceptor, right? So the more you stretch, it desensitizes those nociceptors which transmit danger or, or you know, oh, this is getting a little bit intense on my muscle, I should calm down here. So a couple studies have shown that it desensitizes, but it doesn't increase the actual length of the muscle, which is what we're trying to get at here long term, right? So what actually does do that is strength and conditioning. So eccentrics, loaded movements, things of that nature, having good technique, working on proper loaded work every single day. So there's some studies that show that heavy uh, single leg Romanian deadlifts or double leg Romanian deadlifts, a five second lower with a five second pause does actually increase over time, maybe some of the length of those muscles through a process called genesis, which is if you're not a nerd like me, you can just ignore all those terminologies. We saw some of those studies, we really liked the effects. So we tried to use those things in other motions as well. So a loaded chin up is a great way to do it. So you jump up on a chin up bar, elbows are close, and you slowly lower five seconds and then hold the bottom position in a nice round shape for five seconds as well. You do that five times right over time, we think we don't know this from studies yet but we think that that can actually help elongate the muscles along with proper strength and conditioning and stuff like that. So the way we do eccentrics is usually in a warm-up is five reps, right, with a five second lower and then a five second pause at the bottom. So think about five, 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 five reps, five second lower. Five second bottom hold, right? So if we're thinking about the big picture now, right, we've maybe done some screening, some 30 to 60 seconds of soft tissue work on each side, 30 to 60 seconds of a proper stick stretch or a table stretch, and then maybe just five reps of a chin up lower. That's kind of the start of our warm up so far. If you guys are getting the kind of idea to put together, what do I do in my workout program? Okay, after we've done some soft tissue work, it's really important to actually do some more things outside of just the shoulder joint and then get strong because it never lasts if you don't actually use it in your actual programming or your actual technique work. So down here, plus or minus, is going to be for some people is going to be a thoracic spine drill, right? So the thoracic spine is the uh, is the rib area right here between like your neck and between your lower back, about 12 ribs in a row, but sometimes the rounded position, right can affect the ability of the arms to go overhead. The reason that is, is if your upper back cannot move backwards, it's hard for your shoulder blades to move. And then it's hard for your shoulders to move right where your shoulder blades go your arms go. So if you have some thoracic spine stiffness, again, maybe your sport, you just work over and over on rounding, maybe you have a more sedentary lifestyle. Maybe you just have some some issues with that stiffness of that area that's developed over time. It's important to screen these things. The way we like to do this, we can do a seated thoracic rotation screen. We can do a hands and knees turning screen, or you can do a press up and look at the uh, ability to round your back the other way or extend your back up. And you wanna see a nice smooth line all the way up. You don't wanna see any kinks. A lot of people will have stiffness in their upper back and have a couple kinks in their lower back and have some pain there. So you wanna make sure it's a nice round position all the way up and down. So if you have thoracic spine stiffness, again, screening or somebody else has looked at that, you can do some specific exercises to help increase. So extending over a foam roller, doing some hands and knees rocking some deep breathing drills, whatever your your fancy is, but definitely add in some of those. So this is kind of the more the mobility side of stuff, right? The flexibility, the true soft tissue, the thoracic spine stuff of that nature. If none of those things apply to you, you're really hypermobile, and you still have some issues holding a proper, uh, you know, overhead position with weights or with a handstand or whatever, you might be more in the strength and conditioning department. So you might want to land more on this side of the board. But even if you do have some flexibility issues, it's really important you also work on strength at the same time, nine times out of 10 people who are constantly having to warm up and constantly going over and over is because they don't have any good strength to back up the new flexibility gains they have made. And I see a lot of people get frustrated here about having to warm up over and over and over and over. So the first thing we're going to do here is once you do either work on this, or you're not someone who needs this as much over here, it's really important to have upper back strength, right your shoulder blade muscles, the middle trap, the lower trap, the rhomboids, all these things we know from research uh, are important to tip the shoulder blades back and help the shoulder blades go up around the rib cage, which gives us a nice overhead position. So if you don't have the strength in your upper back to balance out the, the stiffness or the over development of your pecs to your lats, you might have a position of an arch when you try to lift the barbell, or you might be able to hold those positions overhead really, really well. So shoulder blade strength is going to be really, really important. What we're going to try to do is on the main movements two times per week is we're going to try to do somewhere between maybe three to four sets of eight to 12 reps, right? Again, that's just like a general hypertrophy rep range we know from literature, but also we also maybe want to do some specific rotator cuff uh, and upper back strengthening as well. The things that I really like, half kneeling face pulls, I really like renegade rows, I really like um, some band pull aparts. And I also really like if you have access to it, a reverse push up or a feet elevated row, which again, we'll link up some of these videos, but your feet goes up on a box, you're in a low bar or some sort of rack with a barbell in it, and you're rowing directly to your chest, not with the elbows close, that might be more lat dominant, but we're trying to get our elbows up and pull straight ahead that way to get our upper back to develop. So I try to program two times a week, whether we're doing it in someone's strengthening program, or it's part of a warm up, band pull aparts, face pulls, renegade rows, and that helps balance out the other areas of the the body that are commonly stiff and make these things stick long term, not to mention from a performance point, you're going to have really good overhead performance if your shoulder blades are nice and strong. Okay, there are some other rotator cuff exercises that we know from some studies that do help develop that the upper back and shoulders. So side lying dumbbell external rotation, band, external rotation, Y's, T's, U's, just make sure you're doing those in a set and rep range in a weight intensity that's actually gonna develop hypertrophy. I think that is a myth of the medical world that I work in is that the smaller muscles don't need a lot of stimulus, just do a lot of reps with low repetition, right? But what we know is that sport forces or, or regular forces on the shoulder are very, very high. So we need to make sure we're training those at a high level. So we'd like to go in a set and rep range that is actually going to grow those muscles and try to increase the strength, right? As one of my really good mentors Mike Reynolds says, weak muscles can't stabilize, right? So if you have a very weak shoulder blade and rotator cuff, it's hard to support the shoulder under heavy loads in sports or fitness. So all those things that you're doing, maybe sideline ERT, T Y U, make sure you're doing them with proper form, make sure you're doing them with a weight that's actually worth your time. Once we move on down here from some baseline strength, the next thing that I think a lot of people are doing well, but not as part of a bigger picture is just going to be some active flexibility uh, drills for the shoulder, right? So one that I really like to try to move those arms through a full range of motion, again, not under load, but in a warm up is just some wall angel progressions, right? So there's different ways you can do this. I apologize for my horrific handwriting, not one of my strength. Sitting against the wall and putting your arms and trying to slide up and down the wall. Maybe if it's too hard on your sitting position, you can land your back. Gravity helps you out. As you get more uh, advanced, or if you are more mobile and need more strength, flip over on your stomach and do some of the circle angels or some wall uh, slides on your stomach and it's against gravity. But there's a ton of great drills that we have on the channel and stuff about shoulder circles or using bands or trying to do some uh, tuck to wall handstands if you're on the gymnastics world. I'm trying to warm up with a barbell and a nice PVC stick on your stomach and do some over overhead presses on your stomach only will go well, though, if you have the necessary mobility to back that up. So don't just dive into the fancy things that you might see on social media, because you might not have the proper mobility to work on that. But if you do have the mobility, you're making progress, or you're trying to make things stick, you're going to want to go with some more active flexibility drills. So as you can see, if we're wrapping things up in terms of what do I do, right, get a good screen 30 to 60 seconds of each soft tissue 30 to 60 seconds of maybe some uh, targeted stretching and then a set of eccentrics, maybe do a thoracic spine mind drill warm up if that's in your wheelhouse add in some strength conditioning for your upper back to your programming, and then also try to add some active flexibility either as part of your warmup or as a working set. Those things in a cycle, right, a circuit two times around is a way better warm up than just laying on a formula for 30 minutes or just doing some very elongated passive bandage stretches. We know from research that static stretching and other stretching does work, but it's more about what you consistently do than what you do with intensity. So I'd rather see, and this is in line with research, something every single day, maybe a muscle group gets stretched and worked on Uh, two sets of 30 seconds for all these things consistently over six days. That's been shown to increase range of motion. I think a systematic review by Thomas in 2018 was the one that looked at all those things. That's a more effective approach. And that's what I've personally seen work better with a lot of high level athletes than just doing one banded distraction or doing one type of exercise. There's nothing wrong with those drills, but they're not supported by all the different branches of research we know that are going to help you stick long term. So people kind of spin their wheels in the mud a little bit. Okay, and then lastly, just finishing things up down here. Absolutely 1000%. If you don't have good technique, if you're not using good basics, in whatever drill you're doing, and if you don't have patience to consistently do something every single day, it's not going to stick. None of these things matter if you don't consistently do something every single day. And when you are lifting or when you are working out, you don't use proper technique. So if you do all these things well, but then you put too much weight on the bar and your back starts to arch when you press, or you don't have really good body shaping technique when different things you're doing for either gymnastics or circus or ballet or whatever else it is, whatever else you work in, very hard to make those things stick so be disciplined do the harder thing uh, w- with doing proper pay, uh, basics and technique and progressions and it will be a much better long-term reward for you i promise hope you guys enjoyed this we'll see you in the next episode hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode let us know if it was helpful and if you have any suggestions of what you'd like to learn about next